But turn with me again in your Bibles to the book of Acts, please. And we're going to look at two passages in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 28, and we're also going to look at Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 28, and I'd like us to read from verse 27, please. And it's Luke speaking. He wrote the book of Acts. And Luke quotes a very famous passage that's been referenced several times in the Word of God. And he says, For this people's heart has become calloused, They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God, taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul had gone into the stage here where he had accomplished um, this season within his life where the gospel reached Rome. Um, God had said to him that you're going to testify before me in Rome. And so this has happened. And now he speaks to the Jewish officials and he shares with them the wonderful gospel of Jesus. And he speaks about the kingdom of God. Some listen and accept the message. Other Jewish um, leaders reject the message outright and leaves And this is where Paul says, now the gospel is going to be taken to the Gentiles by me. And we know that the gospel had been preached previously by others, but now Paul changes his focus. Whenever Paul went somewhere up to this point, he would first go to the Jews and he would preach the gospel to them. He would go into the synagogues and he would share his testimony about Jesus, and then he would go to the Gentiles. And so a change within his mission happens here. And so the scripture says here, for two whole years Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. So we still know that he spoke about the Old Testament scriptures. He spoke about the prophets, the minor prophets, the major prophets, and he spoke about the law, how Jesus became the fulfillment of the law, and how the temple is no longer applicable because Jesus became the living temple for us to worship him, and that's why the Jewish people of the day um, was so cross with Paul and they wanted to kill him because he was touching their sacred beliefs and he was saying that all of those things have been fulfilled 
in Jesus. So he proclaimed the kingdom of God to them and he taught about the Lord Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. And this passage of scripture just grabbed my heart once again because you see that in the beginning of the book of Acts and I would like you please to turn to Acts chapter 1. And um, I would just like us to read um, some of the verses there because you see that Luke starts, as he writes in the book of Acts, he starts and he writes about Jesus. And then when he comes to the end of the book of Acts, he ends off with Jesus. And of course, for me, that speaks volume. I think that our lives should be so bathed with Jesus that um, our faith is based on Jesus when we start and one day when we get to heaven, we're going to say it's all about Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the beginning and the end. The Bible teaches he's the author and he is the finisher of our faith. And so we see here that Paul, well Luke, mimics his writing, starting off with Jesus and he finishes the account of Acts with Jesus. Um, but he makes an amazing statement within these verses here. And um, it is an amazing statement that is just so beautifully put by him. And um, so we see, again, first chapter of the book of Acts, he speaks about the kingdom of God. Paul, at the end of the book of Acts, speaks about the kingdom of God. Then Jesus speaks about sending people out. In the beginning of the book of Acts, then Luke ends the book of Acts where Paul speaks about Jesus. My friends, the moment we become course-driven as a church, we get involved in all of the different causes, and we push Jesus to the side, that is when we have lost our focus. This church operates when Jesus is at the center of all that we do and all that we act. That's why you will oftentimes see with those who choose the songs for our time of worship together. We want Jesus' name to be mentioned when we sing. Because we are, as a church, obsessed with Jesus. Because if we know Jesus, he said, you'll know the Father. The Holy Spirit comes. And we love the Holy Spirit as a person. And he shows us Jesus. So we're obsessed as a church with Jesus. Everything else, our agendas, our obsessions, fall to the side because of Jesus, and we see that that's a very important truth that he highlights. And so I just want, to, I wonder if it's possible, Mark, if you could just put Acts chapter 1, um, verse 11 up for me, please. I'm going to read the whole chapter there, but I don't think it's necessary. Let's look at verse 11. And this is what Acts chapter 1, verse 11 says. Men of Galilee, they said, 
why do you stand here looking into the sky? And can you repeat those three words there with me? On the count of one. One. This same Jesus. Okay, that wasn't very good. Let's try again. On the count of one, would you repeat those words? This same Jesus. One. This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The same Jesus. I just want to speak for a little while this morning about the subject uniquely Jesus. Unique means being the only one of its kind, unlike anything else. Hasn't that been our experience about Jesus? That there is no one like him. You can't make a carbon copy of Jesus. He's one of a kind. Have you ever heard people say, man, that person is one of a kind? Because they see such a uniqueness within that person. Well, my friends, Jesus is truly the one of a kind. He is so unique. The Muslim faith is based on the teachings of Muhammad. Buddhism is based on the teachings of Buddha. Confucianism on the teachings of Confucius, Marxism on the teachings of Marx, and evolution on the teachings of Darwin. Not one of these is based on the observation of historical data or facts, but on the teachings and theories of men. Remember, evolution is based on a theory, not on observable data. Christianity, however, is founded not on what Jesus taught, and this distinction is vital for us to grasp, but on who Jesus is and on what Jesus accomplished. Unlike any, any other faith, of course, as Christians, we stand firmly on his teachings. No one ever spoke and taught like Jesus, but ultimately the value of what he said was dependent upon what he was and what he did and the abundant historical evidence that authenticated his life and words. The reason why Jesus is so unique, my friends, is because our faith is based on what he did and who he is, not just on a teaching. Be very careful when you hear what people teach. My friends, I don't just want to hear a teaching about someone I want to know about the life of that person. I want to know what that person had accomplished. My friends, who was Jesus is such a crucial fact within our Christianity and within our faith. When we go through the storms of life, ultimately what keeps us is the one that we have put our faith into. So I want to ask you the question, 
What makes Jesus unique? When you sit with someone and you talk to them and they don't share the Christian faith, what can you say to them about Jesus that makes him unique? You know, that is one of the missions when Jenny and I came to Switzerland, that when we sit with people, we don't tell them about our church, although we like to. That's not the main message. We don't tell them about our friends. We don't tell them about our hobbies. As a matter of fact, oftentimes when I sit with new people, they will say to me, what do you do? Why did you come to Switzerland? What's your job? And the first thing that they guess wrongly is, and heavens forbid, that I work in a bank. (laughs) Some kind of a finance person. I said, no, I'm not that. Secondly, do you work for Glencore? I said, heavens forbid, no. (laughs) Of course, some of our best friends work for Glencore here, and we so appreciate also the company of Glencore who has provided wonderful opportunities. And so I just keep them guessing because I want to tell them about this Jesus, and I am privileged in my job because the moment I say to them, I'm a pastor, they say to me, but Piet, you don't act like a pastor. And I say to them, that's the greatest compliment you can give me. And that's when the door opens up for us just to start telling them about Jesus because they say, well, why did you come here? And I could tell them about the dealings of Jesus within our lives, the person of Jesus. Be very careful that you start with the theories first because there are theories about every religion and we get so hung up on the theories. Start with who Jesus is and what he has done. And my friends, that is what makes him unique. And so, what makes Jesus unique? First thing, God came down to us and did not expect us to go up to him or go to him. That is what makes Jesus unique. God sent his only begotten son to the earth so that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but should have eternal life. What makes Christianity so different is that God humbled himself, the book of Philippians says, and Jesus came in the form of man. How's that? God limiting himself to be man. Nothing is more humbling than that. He was born in a little manger, not in a castle, not in a villa. He came to earth and he had to limit himself. He, he was not omnipresent. He couldn't be everywhere at the same time. He says, I only did the things that my father wanted me to do. You know, and so, so we know that Jesus came from heaven to us. Every other faith demands that we go to their form of God. And you almost have to earn your way from the bottom step to the next step until you reach that God by way of your works, by way of your own goodness. So you earn a position and you have to climb the ladder to get to their form of a God. My friend, Christianity is so unique in that Jesus came 
to us. In Acts chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to, into heaven after giving the instructions through the Holy Spirit and to the apostles he had chosen. Jesus came to us. I shared with you before the story of meeting a, a man from Denmark he was in his late 70s, a man who's been successful. He was a philosopher. And after a funeral service, we sat together here in Zouk, and we started talking, and he started asking me questions, and he asked me about why I am a Christian. Why did you say the things at the funeral that you did about Jesus? And I could start to tell him that every other faith, and I said, you are reading up to it, wants you to reach by your works, by your understanding, through your philosophy, um, your God, by climbing steps. You, the first step is, well, you haven't reached my second step. Well, you're good enough to get the third step. Okay, now you've attained that and you go all the way up. I said, but Christianity says that God came to us. And he looked at me, he says, I've read all of the philosophical books. And he says, if that is what your faith is about, it truly is unique. Why is our faith unique? Because Jesus is. The uniqueness of Jesus is seen in that God came down to us and did not expect us to go up to him. The Bible says he first chose us. He first chose us. We didn't first choose him. We didn't go look for him. He came looking for us. And that's his great love for us. He loves us that he came looking for us. Sometimes we don't see him because we see people, but the people that God surrounds you with is just a tangible proof that God is coming to you. He won't force you to open up your heart, sure, but he's come to you and he's revealing his love to you. What an incredible God. You say, I don't have to when I'm going through a tough time. Pray more. Do more. Cry more. Because again, I'm trying to earn my way into his favor. That's not God. Some religions of Christianity do that. Just do more, just do more, just do more. Then you'll be more spiritual. It's not in the doing the more. It is actually receiving God's grace. And you receive his grace, my friends. Stepping into a relationship with the unique Jesus that we serve. Prayed for Desiree this morning. We pray that she would receive God's grace. For Desiree to miraculously and divinely healed by God, she doesn't have to become a better person. Amen? Do you see how important it is to understand that Jesus came to us? Because that's what grace is. That's grace. My friends, I, I, I just cannot live in that place where I've got to please God every single day as a Christian because I can't. I'm useless at that. And you're not any better too. 
he knows that. And so he is so unique because he accepts us. With our weaknesses, our sinfulness, our broken bodies, our broken minds, we just need to reach towards, we need to reach out our hands towards them. That's what faith is. He's there already. We just need to say, I want that. Amen? That's faith. Faith is, I want that. Can you say that? Faith is, I? That is so simple. It is not doing more. It's not being more. It is just, I want that. Can't we talk about this all day long? And that just makes Jesus unique, different from any other faith. That's why people say, what must I do to be saved? Believe. That's what you do. Believe in who Jesus is and what he's done. That's it. Um, Erica said to me, um, she had family at the funeral and we preached the gospel and we had dinner with one of her family. And he had said to Erica, he said, because he, he doesn't believe in God, he's an atheist. He said, I didn't know it was that easy to go to heaven. It is that easy because it is grace. He came to us. You can see I can talk about this point until the kingdom comes fully. Jesus is unique as our God simply because he is alive. The uniqueness of Jesus is seen in that he is alive. No other religion can claim that. And the historical facts are there to prove that Jesus rose from the dead. Because in Acts chapter 1, which is so unique, if you read the whole chapter, you see that that was the key thought of Acts chapter 1, was the ascension of Jesus. And, and this is so beautiful. What makes Jesus so unique? The same Jesus in verse 11 of Acts chapter 1, the same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way as you have seen him go into heaven. Jesus is alive. As you trace the message of Peter and Paul and the others all the way through the book of Acts, yes, they spoke about the crucifixion, and the death of Jesus, absolutely. But what the great story was, the central theme was the resurrection of Jesus. Amen? It's that he rose from the dead. Because that set the Pharisees and the Sadducees in such a place that they argued against each other. The Jews believed that there would be a resurrection. The Sadducees didn't. And so when they tried to join forces to persecute the Christians, Paul and Peter were smart enough to talk about the resurrection. And as he spoke about that Jesus is alive, that he was rose from the dead, the Sadducees and the Pharisees could no longer fight against the Christians. They fought against each other. The power of the resurrection of Jesus. My friends, Jesus is alive. And that's why I pursue him daily in the relationship that I have. Not so that I can go to heaven. He's already put heaven in my heart. But I have the unique privilege to know 
the God who has revealed himself to me, the God who is alive, who is resurrected, who overcame sin, death, the devil, and the grave. This God is mine, and I can have a relationship with him. Isn't that cool? That is brilliant. That's so exciting. I mean, really, I... Joe Biden should ask me to go and sit down with him and talk to him. <laughs> and Liz, who's the UK Prime Minister. Now, I can call her Liz because my sister is named Liz. Sit down and we can talk about economics. I'll take Wayne with me for that one. You know, I think the President of South Africa should, but they're never going to give me an audience. Of course not. But you know what? The God of this universe gives me an audience to go and sit with him, to talk to him. And yes, you're right. Sometimes in my arrogance and foolishness, I tell him what he should be doing. And he is so kind and he is so gracious that he just puts his hand on my shoulder and I feel the weight when he puts it on. And then other times he puts his hand on my shoulder and it's a light touch. How, be, how many of you know that sometimes the shepherd, when he places his hand on our shoulders, there's a little bit of a weight there, and he says, just get back in line, boy. And at times he puts his hand on our shoulders, and it's just to bring that comfort and that encouragement that we need. But my friends, the fact that Jesus is alive gives life to my faith because I have a relationship with him who is alive. Don't you think that that makes him unique? privileged, aren't we? My friends, when you start talking to people in Switzerland who do not have a faith, because this is our audience here. Yes, international is wonderful in this church, but for me, the Swiss people are, are just wonderful people when you sit down and they start asking you questions. You've got to earn the right for them to ask you questions. And so give that period of time. Don't rush in. Just wait. The door will open up. Because God loves the Swiss people. Jesus came for them, amen? So just wait. They've got to ask you the question. It was so funny. After we did um, the memorial service last Saturday of, of Erica's mother, I stopped in my car at the bottom of our uh, building where we live, and I, had, I was dressed very smartly. Jacket, and pants, and as I walked in, the lady lives just below us and we've had them over for dinner once and she came in and she said where were you so I said I did a funeral I was able to say it in German and talk to her and she looked at me she said mm. so I said what did you say at the funeral so I said I gave the people a hope that they could live with today and a hope for their futures. And she said, mm. she says, you do have a good karma. She says, your, your karma is fruelik. <laughs> and she said, your karma is fruelik. I wanted to say to her, I, I have Jesus. He is joy within me. It's not my karma. We had this family over for dinner. I think it was one of our big mistakes Jen and I made, but we invited them over for dinner. I think it was our first or second year in Switzerland. And they came and sat at the table and Jean made a delicious meal 
And I said, shall we pray now, please? Because we pray over the food. And I could just sense these people were terrified. Terrified. And my heart just went out to them. It really did. But I prayed a short prayer. But I asked Jesus to bless our time together. And I realized that these people had never prayed before. Do you know that there's some people who have never really prayed before? These are the people that we can tell that our God is alive. And these are the people that we earn the right over time for them to ask us questions. Jesus is unique because he doesn't forsake us when we are in trouble. In Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, the scripture says that you need to wait for the gift that the Father promised. In verse 4, wait for the gift that the Father promised. Who is that gift? It's the Holy Spirit. My friends, this is what makes Jesus so unique, is that when we are in trouble, and that's what James says, if you are in trouble, what should you do? You should pray. So simple, but it's so profound. The uniqueness of Jesus is seen that when we are in trouble, he does not forsake us. And then lastly, the uniqueness of Jesus is seen in that Jesus longs to be with us. That's a beautiful thing. What other God longs to be with their people? And I use God in the small g context. He just longs to be with us forever. Acts chapter 1 verse 11 says, Men of Galilee, they said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus who's been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 17 says, After that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. He longs to be with us. But he longs to be with us daily. He is here, but he longs for you and I to acknowledge his presence. My friends, that is what makes him so unique. Would you stand, please? And would your team come forward? You see, friends, this is what happens when we understand the uniqueness of Jesus. We will walk humbly before God and humbly with one another. When we're arrogant, we don't walk with Jesus. Secondly, when we understand the uniqueness of Jesus, we will confidently stand in the face of opposition because he is for us. When we understand the uniqueness of Jesus, we will lovingly yet fearlessly proclaim the gospel of the kingdom as Paul did in the last chapter of Acts.